Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. I'm joined by Cleveland.com's tribe beat writer, Paul Hoynes. Uh, just got back from Detroit and getting ready to head out to Houston. Paul, good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, Joe. How you doing, man? Doing real well. Uh, the uh, the tribe got back on uh, the winning track in the the last game of the Detroit series, uh, so not feeling too terrible heading into Houston. But uh, we're, uh, we're we're looking at you know a team that's still under five hundred and and leading the division as as they get ready to take on one of the best teams in the in baseball. Yeah, definitely not the way they wanted to go into Houston and then Chicago to play the Cubs after that. Uh, this is a five-game stretch, and then they, they come home to Houston again, too. So this is going to be a tough stretch for them against, uh, you know, elite caliber teams. And right now they, they, are, they do not fit into that category. Uh, you know, I think uh, you see some signs that, that they're coming around. Uh, you know, offensively, they've, you know, they've had a great May. Uh, they scored the most runs or, uh, in the American League, leading the league in batting average in May. Um, the, the rotation remains sound, um, second best ERA in, in, in the American League. Uh, defensively, they played decently, not great. Uh, but the bullpen, Joe, the bullpen is terrible. And, uh, you know, if, if you can't get a bullp- the bullpen straightened out, uh, you know, everything goes to waste in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. If, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't have your starters throw 120 pitches a game in, in May. I mean, you'll, they'll have nothing left in, in August and September. You're just defeating the whole purpose of that great uh, rotation. So they've got to find a way to uh, get this bullpen corrected. And, and how long is, is that going to be a, a concern, uh, the, the starters throwing more pitches? We've seen they're averaging uh, about 10 more pitches uh, um, a game since the, the Andrew Miller situation, him going on the DL and, and Tito sort of relying on the, uh, the starters a little more to go a little longer uh, to, to stay away from that bullpen that's been struggling. Uh, you know, how long before that, something like that catches up or, you know, we're going to have to see guys coming up and getting spot starts or, and getting a little more rest extension like that? Yeah, you know, I I think uh, you know that's a good point. Maybe you know, maybe think about going to a six man rotation. Uh, you know, you bring up a guy that that can fill in if if the bullpen doesn't get straightened out. Uh, you know, and I think it it kind of curtails their strategy as well. They've got you know an off day today. They've got an off day uh, Monday, and usually you know you probably skip your fifth starter then. But uh, you, you you don't want to skip Tomlin now if if you know, you're not getting any kind of production out of the bullpen. I mean, you know, I, guys like uh, Kl- uh, Kluber, you know, Carrasco, uh, those guys can handle it. A Bauer, you know, is this is made to order for him. But a guy like Clevenger, you know, you've you got to be cautious with him. He's, I think he's thrown more than 100 pitches for his last four starts. And, you know, that's, he, his, his uh, you know, workload has jumped uh, 
really taken a big jump from last year. And, you know, you want this guy fresh in August and September. So you're, you're going to really have to, you know, Francona is really going to have to manage this, this rotation and this bullpen and find a way to ease the burden on the, on this guy, on this team. I mean, on the rotation right now, the bullpen has thrown the fewest innings in the American league. And, you know, that's not the formula for success. That's, it's not because the uh, everything's going great and your bullpen is throwing fewer fewer innings. It's because the team's trying to avoid going to the yeah. bullpen. There's there's a difference between yeah, you know, they've got an armed guard in front of the bullpen gate. They're not letting anybody out of that thing. Well, it's curious you mentioned going to that six man rotation. Uh, you know, a possibility to bring somebody up. Uh, we saw Adam Plutko who pitched the second game of that doubleheader against Toronto and, and did very well. Uh, last night for AAA Columbus, he had another strong outing, uh, six innings, one earned run, eight strikeouts, I think one walk. Uh, I, I mean, this is the kind of stuff you want to see from, from Plitko. And if he's come up to, to Cleveland once and, and done the job, you know, what's, what's keeping Francona from, from bringing him up and giving him another, another look? Yeah, I, I definitely think that's a possibility. You know, in the past when I've talked to, uh, Frank Kona and, and Chris Antonetti about it. They they have you know poo pooed the six uh, man rotation. They uh, they only they said they probably only go to it if you know their their start if there was an injury or their starters really needed the rest. And uh, you know I think uh, you know that's something they're going to have to look at. Maybe they don't not in the first half. Maybe but after the second half when you know things stabilize a little bit and they they see where they are in the division. Maybe get you know are able to uh, put some distance between themselves and, and the rest of the pack in, in the AL Central. But, you know, I think it's something they've got to think about. Uh, what's the clock and what does the time frame look like before Antonetti and Chernoff start looking elsewhere for, for that, that arm to bolster the bullpen, to, to get a guy in who's going to maybe come in and, and be that seventh, eighth bridge guy to get uh, to, to Miller and Allen? Uh, and, you know, we threw out uh, – we did a post earlier in the week, uh, candidates for uh, for that as a possibility, guys that are out there who could help the bullpen right now, uh, may, who may or may not be available before July. Uh, Kelvin Herrera from um, Kansas City is probably the, the class of that, that group, uh, you know, the guy who's probably going to demand the most uh, in, in terms of prospects or, or major league-ready guys. Uh, what's the window and how long are the Indians going to wait? Will they wait all the way into July or will they make a move before that? Uh, you know, uh, Antonetti told me that this isn't the time to make a deal yet. Um, you know, and I think, uh, but, you know, knowing them, I, I, I'm sure they're out there looking right now. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, they're trying to, you know, money I think is a problem. You know, they, they can't, you know, they can't uh, inherit too much of a contract, a big contract. So if, if they do go out and get a guy, it means they're going to have to give up better prospects. And so that team that's trading that trading the uh, reliever, you know, would take the better prospects and eat some of the salary. So I think, uh, you know, that's that's probably the, the, the state they're in right now. But knowing them and I think they're always, you know, they're, they're looking forward. You know, they, they've known this, this could happen. They've known it since, uh, you know, they broke camp when, uh, you know, they made the, the decision, 
you know, to, uh, you know, to try to fill Shaw's spot and, and Joe Smith's spot with the guys they had in the pen. And it hasn't worked out. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure they've got a short list of people. I'm sure they're looking at it. But uh, it is a little early. Maybe this thing gets straightened out internally. Uh, but if not, they're going to have to. They're going to have to go out and get some outside help. Can can they stay afloat until July? Until the the trading deadline comes around and and uh, you know be in a good position before that before a move like that happens. You know that's that's a great question, Joe. I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, the Twins can't get out of their own way. They keep getting guys hurt. Uh, Santana's not back. They just uh, lost their catcher for the Castro for the for the rest of the year for knee surgery. Um, you know the, the Tigers. Uh, you know, you know I, I like the way they play. They're aggressive. They're young, but you know they have bullpen problems too. Their bullpen is might be almost as bad as the Indians. So and their pitching is suspect. You know I think they can stay afloat. Uh, but it's 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 going to be it's not going to be pretty. There's going to be a lot of games like those three games in uh, in Detroit. You know, nine to eight games, six to two games, uh, games where you know you you've got a chance late and the bullpen comes in and and blows it up. And uh, you know, I, those are the things I think they're, they're going to have to live with. And then the Indians and Terry Francona are going to have to live with until they find a solution. The uh, the great elixir and the the great uh, the, the the cure all salve is the fact that they uh, they they play in the AL Central and and no team is really sort of chasing them down other than the the Twins you know and and like you said the Twins are have their own struggles to to deal with. Uh, let's take a look at uh, this weekend and into next week. You mentioned the the Indians are. Uh, traveling to Houston, they will take on the the Astros. The Astros, pretty much, uh, they're the defending world champions. Uh, and right now, the uh, the class of the AL West, they're going to avoid um, Justin Verlander, who last night threw a three hit shutout at uh, at the Angels in Anaheim. So, uh, you know, I guess that's a that's one good way to look at. It. I, I I believe they they also avoid uh, uh, Alex Cobb as well. Correct. Right. Uh, yeah, they're, you know they're not going to face Jared Cole. They won't face Cole, Verlander. Yeah, so that you know they miss those guys. But I, I don't know. Given the history, uh, the Indians' history they have against Verlander, I, I don't know if that's a plus or a minus. They, they, you, they, they've hit him well in the past and in the recent past. But he's been pitching great since he went to Houston. So uh, you know they'll face uh, uh, Morton, Keuchel, and McCullers. You know over the weekend. They're sending uh, Clevenger, uh, Kluber, and, and Carrasco to the hill against those guys. So they got their three three of their horses going. It should be you know an interesting series uh, if if both teams pitch both rotations pitch like they have been through the you know the course of the early season. We could see some very fast games. I mean, under two thirty because both those guys you know both those rotations have really pitched well. Uh, come on, you're you're playing at Minute Maid Park. That that place is a launching pad. Those games aren't going to be, uh, you know, one run, two run games. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's always interesting to look at the uh, whenever the Indians face Houston, the matchup of the two shortstops, uh, two young Puerto Rican superstars in Francisco Lindor and Carlos Correa. Uh, two very different Mays, I guess uh, you, you might uh, you might want to put it that way. Uh, ever since the calendar flipped to May, Francisco Lindor has been uh, pretty much one of the best players in baseball at the plate. 
Uh, maybe not defensively with the glove, but Lindor is, is definitely more than making up for it at the plate. Uh, while Carlos Correa in, in May has been uh, pretty much garbage. <laughs> Uh, hitting below 200 and, uh, you know, not the, he's the exact opposite of what Lindor has been. Uh, these two guys, uh, they're, they're buddies. They, they've played together on the World Baseball Classic team. Uh, they know each other real well. Uh, what, what, what can we expect out of the two of them in, in this weekend series? Well, I think they'd probably bring the best out of each other. I, I would imagine they'll, they'll have lunch one of, one of those one over the weekend. Maybe they're having it on the off day today. Uh, but, you know, they, they're, they're good friends. And, you know, physically, I, I always marvel at the different, difference. You know, Correa is a big guy, you know, and, uh, you know, Fra- and, and Frankie uh, Lindor is, is smaller, you know, Omar Vizquel size. Uh, and, uh, the, but the power Lindor generates, he's just been on fire, um, on fire. And so, like you said, Joe, in, in, in May, he had the 15-game hitting streak. Now, let me give you a little story. I went up to him. You know, he, he, I think Monday he extended the streak to 15 games in his last at bat. So after the game, I went up and said, Frankie, do you think about the streak? <laughs> he goes, what streak? And he goes, don't talk to me again. So and then <laughs> the next day he, he gets moved to the cleanup spot, walks four times and the streak ends. So then he came back the next day, he walked by me and says, Hoinsie, I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> That's so I, you know, I, I, I'm a veteran. A veteran writer should not have asked them that. <laughs> you, you, you jinxed the streak. What are you're you not do? kidding, man. That's that's uh, that's the one. That's the that's the kiss of death. Uh, well, you talk about the the size of uh, of Correa and the size of Lindor, but Lindor came into spring training and and he's noticeably bigger. He he noticed he hit the weights in the off season. So, you know, he went through the whole season answering questions. Oh, I'm not a power hitter. I'm not this and that. The year he hit 30 home runs. You know, this year he's on pace and, and you know, looking like, is he a, a, a power hitter now? I, they dropped him to the four spot in the series in Detroit when, uh, when Encarnacion had the, the back issues. But, uh, you know, this is a guy who, who might just turn out to be a 30 home run a year guy. Yeah, I mean, that would be amazing for a shortstop. Uh, you know, you're talking who, like guys like Cal Ripken and, and Garcia Parra. Uh, Alex Rodriguez when he Alex was younger. Alex Rodriguez, yeah. Those are, and those are big guys, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, you know, Garcia Parra not so much, but Ripken and, and uh, A-Rod were hu- are huge. So, uh, uh, you know, but, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's the way the game has changed, Joe. You know, he, you know, the, the launch angle thing. And, you know, Frankie's not – most of the time, Frankie's not hit, trying to hit the ball the other way. <laughs> and it looks like when he – you know, in certain counts, he's – there's no doubt about it. He's swinging for his heels. And that was one of the interesting things, uh, you know, after I think in Cleveland he had a big game and, and he was saying, you know, you know, it's embarrassing when you're 5'10 or 5'9, weigh 185, 190 pounds, and you come, you come up to the plate and – the defense has shifted around to the right side of the field on you, you know, like you're, you're like you become a pull hitter and, uh, or, or the, you know, he's a switch hitter. So whichever side of the plate he's batting from. So, you know, I saw, he said he made a concert, a concerted effort to start spraying the ball around and that's what's led to his big May. So, you know, but still, you know, as Francona says, this guy, you know, has, has, has gotten enough at bats where he knows where he can take a shot where he knows he, you know, he, there's a chance what pitch he can handle and maybe hit out of the ballpark. And I think, uh, 
you know, Jose, Jose Ramirez is a lot like that too. Ramirez, you know, as of yesterday was tied for the American, for the major league leading home runs with 13. And these are both, these guys aren't Albert Bell, you know, they don't look like right. Albert Bell. They're switch hitters or they're, they're infielders and, uh, the power they generate is something else. It's 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 a, it's really it's really fun to watch. Well, just like you said, for an example of you know knowing what they're going to get in a certain count, and then really trying to hit that ball out. Uh, Ramirez's thirteenth home run. You know he got himself into a count where I think it was a three-one count, and he knew he was going to get a fastball, and he got a fastball in and turned on it. I, I mean that was. A perfect example of what you just said uh, of, you know, these guys knowing what they're going to get and and doing the most with that pitch. All right. Uh, so as far as uh, just to wrap up Houston and, and the look forward, uh, big difference in between the two teams. Uh, obviously, the uh, the bullpen you know, Houston right now uh, probably uh, has a, a tremendous edge on the bullpen. Uh, what do the Indians need to do to take two out of three or, or sweep the series in Houston? Well, they've got to, you know, there's, their starting pitchers have to, you know, really give them some length. They got to get into the seventh inning. They've got to get to, you know, seventh inning. Uh, and, and when the bullpen does get in there, you know, Andrew Miller has to pitch better, uh, you know, and you have to limit, I, hopefully they can limit the number of, of middle relievers they have to use in the game. You know, you get, Maybe you get to the seventh or eighth, and you and you can go Miller Allen. But you know, the the thing that scares me, Joe, is that Miller and Allen haven't pitched that much, and those are both guys that have to pitch a lot, especially Allen. And you know, he's I mean, he's maybe had three appearances in the last ten, twelve, thirteen days, and and that's that's it. Just you know, I th- I don't know if they you know they really rode him hard in that little stretch against the Yankees and stuff, and if they were trying to give him a breather, but you know. I, and, uh, you know, he pitched well yesterday, uh, you know, in, in the uh, kind of the blowout game. But uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they pitch. But and offensively, they're going to have to keep, you know, scoring runs. And I think runs are going to be hard to come by against that Houston's pitching staff. But, you know, what I liked, uh, Joe, is how they not only generated runs from the top of the order, you know, from Lindor and, and Brantley and uh but from the, how the bottom of the order uh, has, has produced with Eric Gonzalez, you know, Kipnis had a double yesterday. Even, uh, you know, Roberto Perez got into the act. So I think, that, you know, they've got to get some production from all parts of the lineup. You know, two, day, two nights ago, Geyer hit a, hit a grand slam. So, you know, that, those are all good signs, I think. All right. Uh, let's uh, focus now at the end of the week, or, or I'm sorry, the beginning of next week, the Indians are going to go to Chicago. Um, and it's a funny point that, that came up last weekend as uh, Mike Clevenger was getting ready to make his start on Saturday. And he came in, he got uh, a, a notice from the league on Friday about his cleats, his uh, unique, uh, brightly colored uh, floral pattern. I think he has sunflowers and, uh, and you know, some other uh, unique flowers on, on them and the names of his daughters. Uh, He's worn them all season so far, but the, the league wants him to change the cleats because they don't conform. They're not 51% of, uh, you know, team color uh, for, uh, to make them part of the uniform. Uh, so Clevenger's response was, yeah, I'm going to make the best out of it. But, you know, this is what the league is trying to do. They're cracking down on all the, uh, the fun. They say have fun, but then they say don't, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, 
is this just another sort of symptom of the league picking fights where they don't need to, or is this something that, that you see as, you know, uniforms, a uniform and you have to, you know, conform. Yeah. You know, I think I, I wish I, I would have loved to see if Clevenger pitched in the sixties. I think that's where, I think that's <laughs> what his whole goal is just to kind of go back in time. Some, find some wormhole in time and go back and, and pitch uh, in the sixties and well, seventies. Well, Clevenger <laughs> will talk about wormholes in space time, but that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, you know, Joe, I think it's, you know, uh, it, it, it's, you know, the uniform police are out. Um, you know, Clevenger's an easy target with the hair, the tattoos, the shoes. Uh, maybe somebody complained. You know, we've seen it happen. We saw it happen last year with his glove. Uh, they complained about the color of his glove. Um, so, you know, and, and you know, <laughs> to be fair to Major League Baseball, you know, this the uniform code was agreed upon in the basic agreement. Both sides agreed on it. So uh, you're supposed to follow it. But you know, I, I, I've got to, I've got to wonder if there, if there aren't bigger issues to follow here. I mean, you've got Robinson Cano getting banged for uh, 80 games for a steroid or a masking agent, and they're and they're still going after guys for for wearing, you know, uh, <laughs> psychedelic shoes. So I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, that that is the, the a front a front burner, you know, a front issue burner. Right. And, you know, you've got Manfred making the, the big case about pace of play and all that. And, you know, we've, you've got bullpen carts in Arizona and, and all sorts of crazy stuff in response to it. But Clevenger's sort of takeaway from the whole thing was, you know, hey, I'm a guy who's got, uh, you know, tattoos on my arm, uh, you know, that, that, that hey, they, they come down past his sleeve and you know, they're bright colored flowers on his, his tattoo sleeve on his arm. He's like, what's next? Do I have to wear, uh, you know, wear long sleeves or cover that up? It, where does the, the, the sort of policing and where does that sort of, that, that attitude sort of stop? And, and how much give back do the players have to, to, to go through in order to, you know, conform to what, what the league is saying? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, if it is a distraction <laughs> to the hitter, you know, if it is a distraction to the hitter, it's, you know, the pitcher has an advantage. So, uh you know, we saw that, you know, I saw that, you know, several years ago when, uh, when Omar had a oh problem God. With, with the diamond earrings, uh, who, Arthur, uh, Arthur Rhodes, Arthur Seattle. Rhodes. Yeah. When he was pitching for Seattle and it touched off a bases clearing brawl. So, I mean, if, if, uh, if a hitter wants to bring it to the attention of the umpire, I think that escalates thing things, but so far, you know, it, it, it hasn't happened. And, you know, I, I, I think I remember there was a Toronto pitcher that had to wear sleeves because his, his tattoos were, were distracting, but maybe we've moved on. That was, that was a few years ago, but maybe we've moved on because everybody has tattoos. Nowadays, yeah. So nowadays bad. half the pitchers in the league have our, our, yeah. our sleeve tattoos. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And just to leave you with what, what, what Clevenger's point was, it's like, if a major league hitter can't hit because of my tattoos, then he's not – guys aren't in the big leagues who can't hit with, you know, tattoos or cleats or anything like that. Guys who are distracted by that, they, they, they're not major league hitters. So, Well, you know, it, it's interesting it. because, you know, remember Dennis Martinez. Dennis Martinez knew every trick in the book. <laughs> every, he did everything. And uh, he would there – there were times when Dennis, on his, on his pitching arm, under his uniform would wear a, his white undershirt would be showing an inch below his uniform sleeve. And uh, that was to distract the hitter. And, and you don't know what's going to distract the hitter. And, and Dennis did it on purpose. I mean, <laughs> and he had to change it a couple of times because people complained. So, 
you know, it, it's, it's all about uh, perception and, you know, who, who kind of this, does the squeaky wheel uh, get the grease, you know? And uh, if a pitcher's, if a hitter's going to complain that, you know, maybe that would take it to the next level. But right now I, I would imagine Clevenger is going to get another letter. Maybe he gets fined and we'll have to see what, what his attire is uh, Friday night in Houston. It'll be interesting to see. Maybe he comes out with a giant – Minute Maid Park, maybe he comes out with, like, giant oranges painted on his shoes or something like that. We'll uh, <laughs> never know. All right, Heinz, you uh, travel safe to Houston. We'll look forward to, uh, to reading up uh, your reports uh, from, from the series there in Houston and then on to Chicago, and uh, we'll, we'll see you again when the, the Tribe and the Astros open up a, a weekend series back here next week. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.